Hey everyone, I am so excited to invite you to this podcast today. We are going to be talking about something so special and you guys get to hear from a little bit different side of me, which is entrepreneur Megan rather than coach Megan. I recorded this in my car. I am traveling so much right now and I was driving to Kansas City and I was like, you know what? I feel kind of the anointing to do this and so I'm super, super excited. We're going to be teaching you today why you need sales and entrepreneurship skills to be able to successfully market yourself in your pageant interview and with your overall brand as a pageant competitor. This is super helpful for people both in pageants and outside of pageants and I know you're going to love it. So let's get started. Well, hello everybody. It's Coach Megan and I'm so excited for this episode of the podcast. I'm actually on the road right now on my way to Kansas City. I am traveling a bunch the next three months. I am going to Phoenix. I am going to the Bahamas. I'm going to Nashville. I'm going to Florida. And right now I'm going to Kansas. And I'm so incredibly excited to be able to still do the podcast while I'm traveling. It's super important that you guys still get this information. And today, I know I say this every week, but legitimately, y'all, I think today's my favorite episode yet. The reason why is y'all get to hear from entrepreneur Megan today, not coach Megan, well, still coach Megan, but entrepreneur Megan and God has been doing so much in my life and in my company that I can't wait to share with you guys. God's doing so much in the lives of our girls going through the interview mastery Academy and transformation is what it's all about. Y'all seriously. I mean, y'all know me by now that I live to transform the lives of women in their self-discovery, their personal development, their leadership as well as the refinement of their communication skills. And the reason for that, um, the reason why I've chosen to do that through pageants is truly because I believe that the pageant industry draws the most highly capable um, women who have the greatest potential on the inside of themselves. They truly just need that right mentor to be able to unlock that in them. And I'm honored to be that person. Um, Like I said, God has brought, is doing so much in my own life. And I want to encourage you all. I think sometimes the holidays are hard because if you haven't found your person yet, and you feel alone, or maybe you're, you don't come from the greatest family situation, sometimes it can be really difficult, or you can feel alone, even though you're not alone. Um, and I've even experienced this in my own life, where there are certain days, because I've, I've gone through quite a cutting away in terms of uh, my personal community and some friendships in my life, because I'm really, really getting serious about my goals more than I ever have in 2021. Um, I want to be a million dollar, million dollar company in the next year, year and a half, really, really badly, and I'm pursuing that in full force, um, unlike anything else. And so I'm really trying to surround myself with people who have gone there and who can help me get there and who are well beyond my years, both in just wisdom as well as their tangible age. And so you guys get to hear from from Entrepreneur Megan, Coach Megan, but Entrepreneur Megan today. And today I'm really excited because we're going to be talking about why sales and entrepreneurship skills are so incredibly important and, dare I say, vital in order to not only just win your interview, but win your pageant. We're going to break this down in a way that I think will make practical sense to you guys. You know me. I love practicality, black and white. If it's super heady and philosophical, like I I need the deep. I need the practical where you can implement it now. Um, And so I'm really excited to kind of get to show you guys a different side of me. Um, The Megan that's working behind the scenes, the Megan that is on these sales calls with girls to get them into the Interview Mastery Academy, right? What are the techniques that I'm using um, in both my company as well as what are the techniques that I've used inside that interview room? I just shared actually about two weeks ago my actual Miss, Miss uh, USA interview with my current clients and gave them a chance to listen to it and critique it. And um, it was so fun because when do you ever get that opportunity? You know, we, we did our interviews over Zoom and then I've 
recorded mine on my phone, just like I am now for this podcast and never in a, a society other than during this crazy COVID time, would we have had the opportunity to really see that. And so that was so much fun. And we got to chat through that. And a couple of the girls said they cried or they got goosebumps and, you know, that's just, that's really, really amazing. So we're going to break a couple things down and I'm going to kind of use an allegory that I used. I teased you guys with on social media yesterday. Um, but I'm going to use the allegory of when you were a child and you're going to the grocery store with mom or with dad or with grandma, which is honestly one of my favorite things. Um, I specifically love going to the store with grandma cause they, they bought white wonder bread. And we weren't allowed to have that at home because my mom said that it was bad for you. And so I remember I'd just chow down whenever I go to grandma's house. I was like, frick, yeah, time to eat the Wonder Bread. And I didn't even know, actually, that uh, the factory for that for Rotella's, which is what they would buy, is like now five minutes from where I live in my apartment in Omaha, which is absolutely hilarious. Full circle moment. Right. But anyways, I want you to envision yourselves right now in kind of this opening story. And you're, you're with your mom, you're, you're seven years old, okay, you're nine years old, your, your communication skills are flowing, you're high up in elementary school, and you're in fourth or fifth grade, let's say, and you see your favorite cereal, you're going down the aisle, you're like, mom, this is my aisle, like, I need Cocoa Puffs, and that's the deal, like, th- 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 there's no other option, my stomach needs it, my mouth needs it, like, I need to taste this chocolatey goodness or maybe you're more of a tricks girl like I am I don't particularly like chocolate sorry for those of you that I just offended um tricks or you know whatever other uh lucky charms right lucky charms are my jam as well was that a girl who picked all the marshmallows and blamed it on my brother yeah obviously because I'm an entrepreneur so (laughs) but anyway so I was that kid (laughs) such an entrepreneur such a rebel middle child black stallion like all the above that is that is me so when I was a kid I thought it was super sneaky And we didn't have a lot of money growing up either. So I remember several times when my mom had to put back groceries because we couldn't afford it or we had to stand in line with people behind us um, because our credit card bounced. So I come from very humble beginnings, but that's not the point. So the point is I would try and sneak in these cereal boxes into the the, um, cart and my mom wasn't looking as if she wouldn't notice. Like, first of all, my mom's the same personality as me. So she's going to (laughs) notice. And second of all, like, wow, God's green earth, like, made me think that a mother who is four times my age, you know, when I'm nine or whatever, would, like, how would they not notice? We were so dumb as kids. But anyways, so you're sneaking this in there, and I'm using these tactics, and uh, it'd always be like when mom needed to go to the next aisle and get something else, I'd sneak it, and then, of course, I'd tuck it under all the other food, and I'd hide it, or I'd put it on the bottom. Um, I think my most impressive feat was when I put it on the bottom, and, like, the very bottom where you put, like, the water bottles, you know? And thinking that she couldn't see it. And then I was like, oh, yeah, I got her. Like, I freaking got her. And we're going to buy this $2 cereal. And my life's going to be amazing for a week. The other thing is, I don't know if anybody else had a dad like this. But my dad was always the cool parent because he never punished us. And he made mom do everything. And uh, and so I love my mom. She's my best friend, by the way. So I'm not dogging on her at all. But uh, she was a little bit more authoritarian than, than Papa Swan. So uh, whenever mom would go out of town, like on a mission trip or something like that as a kid, we'd always have cool parent for a week, right? And so dad would let us do anything. The the literal first thing that we would do, y'all, is we would go to the grocery store and get the biggest bag of like the knock, you know, the knockoff version of like Lucky Charms or whatever. They had the bags like at Walmart and Baker's and whatever. Oh yeah, we'd get like two or three of them and we'd literally chow on this cereal like three meals a day (laughs) with dad and we were just like hyped up on sugar. It was the best thing in the entire world. So anyways, 
back to the cart. So I sneaked the cart, you know, snuck, sneaked. So many people say sneaked, by the way. Is it snuck? Is it sneaked? I don't know. And usually I'm the grammar police. So we're up at the, we're up at the checkout and I'm like, oh yeah, this is my moment. I'm going to sneak this on here. Like booyah grandma, this is about to happen. And so blah, blah, blah. I put it on the belt. Like think mom's not going to notice trying, trying to distract her. And every single time, you guys, I don't think I ever got away with it. Every single time I'd try and sneak gum. I'd try and sneak candy. Like I'd sneak whatever I could sneak and try and hide it on the belt. And so, but my mom was meticulous. Cause like I said, we had to, we had to pinch pennies back then. And so it'd get halfway through the belt, halfway through the belt. And my mom wouldn't just like be like, just take it off or whatever, or give it back to the clerk. No, no, no. She faced me and she's a freaking savage and it's hilarious. And she'd go, what is this? What is this? And I'd be like, you know what it is. It's Lucky Charms. But I, of course, as a nine-year-old, I'm like, nothing. And she'd be like, did you put this on here? And I'd be like, I don't know how I got there. <laughs> I legit would be like, no, no idea. It just must, it's meant to be, Mom. We're supposed to buy it. And she's like, mm, LOL, joke's on you, no. And uh, so we'd go back and forth, go back and forth. But then when I saw that she wasn't just going to secede, she'd keep asking me questions. And she'd be like, well, why do we need this? And this is the inspiration for today's talk and for this, this episode, because I, I really think that there's a pivotal moment in there um, in so many ways. I mean, you could take that spiritual ways too, but for the purpose of this conversation, when she, when a parent looks at you and says, why do we need this? You guys, that allegory in terms of your personal interview, whether you're interviewing for a pageant, interviewing for a job, interviewing for an investor to be taken on in your company, how you showcase yourself is that's absolutely do or die in that moment. It is so incredibly crucial that you know your why, that you know what you bring to the table, that you know the details of your operation, that you know exactly precisely how this is going to affect people beyond yourself. And so often what I see as a coach in pageants is that girls cannot elicit that. They stop short at understanding the to the, to the measure of depth that they need to, to be able to have the self-awareness as well as the level of depth of personal identity where they've sat with themselves. It's why I tell my girls to journal. It's why I tell them to read books. It's why I tell them to pray and meditate and, and worship God and get to know themselves, get to know who the God of the universe created them to be and, and specific adjectives, specific words that they can use to describe themselves, which I posted on social media yesterday. I, I can't tell you how many threes I have because pageants draw a lot of achievers, um, Enneagram threes that are so incredibly impressive in terms of 4.2 GPA and started a nonprofit when they were, you know, barely alive and all these different things. They're beautiful. They're aesthetically fit. They, they know their hair and makeup. They've done all the work on the outside, but I can break them in two questions as an interview coach by saying, who are you? And how would you describe yourself or what makes you different? What makes you unique? And I say, and you can't tell me an achievement. Don't give me a laundry list of what you've accomplished. Tell me what makes you different without telling me what you've accomplished. And it literally breaks them. It like doesn't compute on the inside. Okay. So coming back to this story in the grocery store, we're back in the grocery store. I turn on my little entrepreneur hat because I didn't know obviously what that was at the time, but I would start to sell and I would start to say, mom, here are the 97 different reasons why we need this. And guess what those reasons were not? They were not because I want it. They were not because I need it. Well, actually it probably was because I need it, honestly. But I, I remember, and you can ask my mother, I would start to go into this meticulous dissertation as if I had planned out a research paper. This is just the kind of child that I am, the challenger, right? Because I'm constantly like forming legal arguments in my brain of like why I'm correct and like 
not so much correct, but like why this is truth. Like I was such a pursuer of truth. And so as a little girl, I would say, well, mom, like this, this breakfast doesn't take as much time as making eggs in the morning. And this breakfast is colorful and I love colors and pink's my favorite color. And so why not have all the different colors of the rainbow? Or my other reasoning would be, well, mom, we haven't had this cereal in such a long time and my birthday's coming up, right? I would literally dig in the depths of my brain as this little seven to nine-year-old and start to formulate these arguments that were actually plausible, right? And you know what? Sometimes my mom would end up purchasing the cereal. She would because she'd be like, man, I respect that, you know? And I can imagine like me as a mom one day, oh my gosh, you better believe I'm going to make my kids sell me things. If I don't want to do something, I'll be like, okay, give me your reasoning. Give me your pitch, you know? And then sometimes if I would just whine and complain or if we didn't have enough money or what, whatever the reason my mom felt like that was a no that day, she'd say no and we'd have to put it back. And, and sometimes she'd make me walk it all the way back just so I learned my lesson. And she'd say, don't do that again, you know? But there's such a valuable lesson here, you guys. And I want to go back to kind of some of my reasonings. So this is why learning principles of entrepreneurship and sales is so important because entrepreneurship and sales is being able to provide a valuable exchange where there's such a stigma against it. But the reason why I love sales and if, you know, I could be on sales calls all day, I would, which I pretty much am, um, even more, you know, I love coaching absolutely positively, duh, obviously, or else I wouldn't do it and do what I do. But I love the thrill and the adrenaline of knowing that I get to sell something to somebody and here's why the stigma against sales is that sales is slimy, you know, sales is just trying to get people's money, et cetera, et cetera. And it, it could not be further from the truth. Genuine sales is when a consumer, your customer avatar, your person that is in front of you has a need and you're connecting them to a resource that is the utmost of its kind, okay? And there's an exchange of the benefits that I can provide you are in exchange for the problems and the needs that you have, okay? So let's think about this for interview. You walk into your interview, your body language is communicating the way that you walk, your carriage, all those types of things, your clothing, your hair, your makeup, all that's already projecting in like the first five seconds, which produces a snap judgment. Same thing in entrepreneurship and sales, okay? The tone of your voice, I do a lot of sales calls over the phone. The tone of my voice is not necessarily what I'm saying, but it's how I'm saying it. There's so much more that goes into sales, okay? But let's say that you you do pretty good on that. You do pretty well on that. You walk in. The judges are looking you up and down. They're making an assessment. They've read your bio. They're walking in already with either their guard up or their guard medium. Maybe you're like the 27th girl of the day, and they're freaking tired, okay? You're going to have to know how to break through that wall just like you would in a regular pitch competition, just like they do on Shark Tank, just like you do on a first date when somebody is analyzing you, they're looking at your social media, they're coming in with an impression, right? You have the opportunity as the salesperson, as the CEO of your own life, as the entrepreneur of your own life to make or break that and to be self-aware enough as well as have, have developed these skills and thought through what you want to say and to be connected to the thing of what you're selling, which ding, ding, ding is yourself, okay? You have to know to the depths of your product, if you will, just like the cereal, the facts, the figures, the details, the why, the what, the how, all those things, or else you're going to crash and burn. And so often what I see you guys is that girls walk into these interviews and they literally think, and this should be mind blowing for a lot of you guys listening. And it will be, believe me, I will get like a hundred DMs after this and be like, oh my gosh, that's my problem. 
And I walk out of the interview feeling the same way every single time. And that's exactly what it is. And I'm like, yes, it is. And this is why you need me, (laughs) right? But this is why I'm a coach. So I'm here to help you. And girls walk in. This is what they do. They walk in and they think that their bio next to, just to give you a magnitude of an example, there are 207 girls who compete for Miss New York USA. I sat with Miss New York and Miss Massachusetts every day at Miss USA this year. They were my table mates. And we obviously got really deep and we we became good friends. And um, Andrea was telling me, yeah, there's 207 girls. I'm like, what? Literally what? She's like, yep, it's crazy, right? So how in the world, let me, let me paint this picture for you. If I walk in and I just tell you, okay, so I have a 4.0 and I like basketball and I like reading and I'm really nice and I want to be a this one day and I really, really love people and I have a heart for the elderly and I love pageants because the leadership opportunity and I want to be Miss New York USA because I want to affect kids, right? I want to help kids. Okay, great. Um, how do you feel? How do you feel after me saying that? Um, the answer should be nothing, right? And what happens if you think that I have 207 resumes, okay? 207 gorgeous pictures. Well, let's just be completely honest. So out of 207 resumes, 100 of them are good, okay? Out of those 100 resumes, 70 of those pictures, maybe 65 of those pictures are good, okay? There's a lot of people who compete when there's not locals that just, to be honest, don't have a chance, okay? So let's say we got a batch of like 50 girls who are like legit, who like have a chance of making top 20, okay? 50 girls. So still, if you're in a lineup of your picture, your expertise, your whatever, first of all, this is why platform and paperwork is so important. And in the Interview Mastery Academy, we have a module dedicated to each of them where we go way in depth and teach you exactly how to work work out a mission, a platform, because gone are the days where in Miss USA you don't have a platform anymore. I don't know if y'all noticed, but this year at Miss USA, each of us had a three-minute video where you get to know us in depth, right, that the judges definitely looked at. They, they told me that they looked at it, actually, before they interviewed me. And then we had a one-minute video on our community project. And so if you don't have, like, a mission or a platform or a charity, philanthropy cause that you're passionate about, A, you're going to be really dull and not as well-rounded as other people who have a service attribute of their essence, if you will, um, and their passion. So go find one now. And don't just find one and pick one. Like, genuinely try a couple things. I kind of stumbled, actually, into mine this past year um, through a mutual friend, through a fellow business owner. And it's been the greatest addition to my life in the world, working with RISE and working with incarcerated individuals in prison reform. And just through seeking and just through being willing to take those steps and um, grow myself as a person and expand my network, I was able to fall into that. I feel I feel very personally, actually, purposefully um, fall into that. And now I, I know that I'll be working with prison reform the rest of my life. I, I never even knew I was passionate about it until I was willing to put myself out there, right? So I digress. But let's say that there, like I said, there are 50, 50 great-ish resumes. This is why your paperwork is so incredibly important to help you stand out. Um, making sure that you're not just an academic, you're not just somebody who seems fun, but that you have this well-rounded approach. And we teach you in the Interview Mastery Academy specifically how to develop the it factor. Why am I confident as Megan Swanson, and not in an arrogant way, but in a, I've developed the crap out of this so that I can, I know that I can walk in with authority in a confident and humble, normal way without, because here's the deal, and I'm going to go on a rant real quick. Ego and 
selfishness and pride and that guy who walks into the room with his head held way too high that you're like, wow, you need to be knocked down a couple levels or girls who do that. That's actually a deep rooted insecurity. When you're projecting that, like you can't fake charisma is what I'm trying to say. In fact, they've done a million studies. If you read the book, The Charisma Myth, um, if you read the, uh, the Confidence Code, which I reference sometimes in, in um, my coaching, both really phenomenal books that are in the resource tab of our academy. They talk about how they've literally studied people and how, the, how people can sniff a rat in terms of inauthenticity of confidence. They can literally smell it a mile away. Okay. So don't do that. But coming back to this, I want to teach you guys how to be authentically charismatic. And it's so possible. And you can be charismatic and humble at the same time where you know that you've worked your butt off to work through those insecurities and to work through the kind of woman that you want to be and to be able to discern the room around you and not make it all about you all the time, right? This confident, beautiful, powerful, yet approachable warmth. I'm confident that when I walk into a room, I know that I carry that. I know that I'm going to turn heads. I'm also six feet tall, right? But I know that I'm going to turn heads because of the essence within me. And I believe the Holy Spirit within me as well. And the love of God, which extends to people, which I've worked so hard on and actually has been a huge um, MO even of, of 2020 for me is, is really asking God to dig out even those far away kind of extraterrestrial, if you will, um, places of my heart that I had forgotten about, or I'd said, Oh, well, this isn't that big of a deal. Like it's not really affecting my day-to-day life. I have asked God this past year to clean me out entirely. Um, and to fully surrender to him in every single capacity. And I believe, and it's so cool, you guys, because I've watched how more and more people have been drawn to me and more and more people have said things like, wow, like, you're just so positive and you're so loving and I just want to be around you, right? You have the capacity to grow that within yourself, you guys. You have the capacity to make the judges feel that way as you walk into a room. And it's one of the most amazing feelings. And I want to encourage you for some of the, some of the, y'all who are new to the podcast who haven't listened before. 10 years ago, I stood in front of a mirror and, and hated everything about myself. So I walked through an eating disorder. I've walked through an abusive relationship. I've walked through moving and starting over and working in a coffee shop for $10 an hour and then now building a multi six figure empire. So I promise you guys, like, it's not because I'm special. It's because I've worked my butt off and it's because I've, I've been purposeful to look myself in the mirror and be my own mirror and allow the Holy Spirit and the word of God to be my mirror and say, okay, God, I'm going to need you to keep cleaning this crap out because I'm still feeling this certain way. Or I'm st- I still have these habits that I want to uproot from my life, or I'm still saying these things that aren't kind of, and why am I saying them? What, what, what rise do I feel like I'm getting out of these things? Or why do I still put this mask on when I'm around these certain individuals? Why am I trying to please these people? We just did a session um, in wake up Wednesday last week about people pleasing. You know, why am I putting my destiny into the hands of people who aren't paying my bills, who aren't encouraging me, who aren't where I want to be? Why am I listening to people that I wouldn't trade places with? I mean, come on, somebody, right? Like, it doesn't make sense. Why do we do these things to ourselves? And why do we put these masks on? Why do we become um, a, a genetically modified version of ourselves when God has called you to be complete and perfect and whole and a powerhouse? in the exact version of who you are today. There's just no, there's no reason, right? But we do this to ourselves. So kind of circling back to the original point, right? Learning and being able to dictate, take this time with yourself to be able to figure out exactly the magnitude of who you want to be in that interview interview room, you guys. Um, that's what makes all the difference. And I can tell, so I can read resumes great, but a lot of times when I'm judging or when I'm, when I'm in the audience, when I'm just watching a pageant or watching it even online, 
I can tell the top five in about three seconds. And I'm not kidding you. I'm not saying that arrogantly. I'm not saying that because I know everything. You guys, body language and the carriage, uh, the, what do I want to say? The, the self-development, the level of I'm confident, I'm humble, I'm glad to be here, I have the right perspective, my, my identity is not hanging on this, um, I'm not just sitting here shelling out all my uh, achievements like I'm, you know, throwing money in the air and let, making it rain, like, that's just not approachable, it's not cute, it's not, it's not, uh, doesn't connect with anybody, right? I, so I can tell the girls who got it from the inside out, is what I'm trying to say, in about three seconds, and actually they've proven this um, they did a study at Harvard and they had thousands of students watch TED Talks and they turn all the audio off and they just watch their body language. And it was two very comparable people who had the same set of skills who spoke very similarly. And almost unanimously, the, the people who were undergoing the study said that they liked, they said, which person do you like better? And almost every single person said that they liked the person who used more hand gestures and had more pleasant facial expressions um, than the other person because people do read body language so much. But you also can't really fake body language. Body language and micro expressions specifically, um, you can read a book called Captivate by Vanessa Van Edwards. It's incredible. It'll teach you about this. But micro expressions can't be faked. Um, it's why I watch movies all the time. I'm such a nerd, you guys. I am such a nerd. But um, I watch movies all the time, and uh, I watch shows like The Bachelorette or, or Bachelor in Paradise or Are You the One back when that was on MTV because I love to study human connection and behavior and, like, why, why did these two people gel? Why did they feel like they had chemistry? Why did these people not have chemistry? Why did everybody hate that guy in the house? Like, I love studying the human psychology of it. And um, I don't know if any of y'all have watched this season with Claire, um, but totally team Tasha, way better Bachelorette, right? But Claire bothered the living crap out of me because her micro expressions were late. And what I mean by that is so the way that she raises her eyebrows, the way that she smiles, the way that her eyes open, close, squint um, in Vanessa's book, which is all about how to become a recovering awkward person, basically, and read a room, work a room, all that kind of stuff from a very like scientific standpoint. It's great for introverts who don't have that like kind of inherent alpha quality. Um, it's really great for that. But one of the things that bothered me about her were that her microexpressions were late. And what Vanessa talks about in her book is that you can't, you can't fake that. Um, it's one of the greatest ways that you can tell whether someone is genuine or whether someone like has narcissistic tendencies, whatever, is their microexpressions. Like, for example, if, if a really loud uh, giant China bowl, bowl of China, was to drop on a hardwood floor and it splattered everywhere, right? My shoulders would go up. I'd, get, I'd have a scared reaction. I'd go... <gasps> Like my, I'd catch my breath, all the, my, my entire body, my physiology, as well as my psychology would be affected by that event. Right. And it'd be triggered it'd be immediate, um, as opposed to what you'll see when someone's acting or playing a character, which I believe Claire very much was. And I saw the subtle manipulation of all these guys because she knew that she wanted to be with Dale in two seconds. And she'd say things like her tone of voice, like the stupid breathy. Yeah. All the time. I don't know if y'all have seen that TikTok of the girl making fun of it. It's the funniest thing I've ever seen in my life. Um, but all these different micro expressions, you know, how she would like try to like manipulate through physical touch and just like, oh, it was so gross. But everything was delayed. And I was like, dude, you're literally faking this entire thing. OK, so people can sense that people can sense when somebody is insecure, when somebody has not done the hard work to actually look at themselves and say, OK, 
who am I separate from my achievements? Who am I separate from where I went to school? Who am I separate from the sport that I play? Who am I separate from my calling in my career? Like, it's so incredibly important, y'all, to be able to identify those things and to be able to sell yourself from a positioning of, here's what I've walked through. Here's my unique personality. Here's what I feel like I can bring to the table. Because the, the one of the other things that I hear all the time is that girls use the word relatable like it's saying hello. Like, it's they use the word all the freaking time. And that's fine. We want to be relatable. Everybody wants to be relatable, right, in any job. And I hope for those of y'all listening who don't do pageants, um, you're listening to this as well, being like, wow, I totally have done that. Um, so many people throw around the word relatable, but the problem is when I <laughs> when I ask them a follow-up question to that, I say, okay, cool, what does relatability mean to you? And nine times out of ten, you guys, literally 90% of the time, it's so – I just start laughing because I, I can like predict this now that I've been coaching for this long. I'm like, okay, I asked this question. I'm going to get this answer. And nine times out of 10, the answer that I get is, well, I feel like my, you know, my achievements and my life experience and I've been doing pageants since I was five and I da 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 and I got a 4.0 and I went to Harvard and I did this and blah, 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 blah. Okay. And I tune out in about two seconds because I'm like, no, my greatest question, well, a couple questions. Okay. The thing that you should always be asking yourself when you're selling yourself, when you're putting your best foot forward, when, when you get asked these tough questions in interview about who you are, is why should they care? Why does this matter? And what about this is different? Those are the three magic words. Guys, those three questions I should be charging you $1,000 for. Because that's how much, first of all, it's made my girls probably $100,000 in scholarship, or probably more than that, to be completely honest. We we, our girls probably win closer to 500 grand a year, I would say. Um, my sister alone won like 42 grand just by winning a local, right? So do the math. That's one person. And then she ended up winning Miss Nebraska. So asking yourself those three questions, if you can't answer those questions, the first of all, the, a judge's guard's never going to go down. You're not going to connect with them emotionally. You're going to be trying to connect head to head rather than heart to heart. And if they don't have life experience that matches yours in that specific realm of industry, like if somebody starts just blabbing all this stuff about healthcare and I'm a musician and an entrepreneur, I'm sorry, I'm not really going to care. Like I, I'm not going to relate to it. It's not my interest. I don't have any interest in the matter to be completely honest. I'm like, just make me healthy. Right? So girls cut out this from the wrong approach constantly. And what people don't think is from the position of a judge where it's like, if I'm hearing again, 50 of these resumes where I ask every single girl what makes you relatable and they just go spouting off at the mouth about their achievements, I'm not going to remember that. I'm not going to remember that at all. And here's a funny allegory that I always, I always relate this to. Y'all, pageants and pageant interviews, I will say this till the day I die, are legitimately like dating. Everything about it is dating. You don't just walk in and you're on your pompous high horse, right? There, there's a reason why there's a stereotype about, I went to Harvard, Right. So no one likes that guy or that girl. Like no one gives a rip. If you're a terrible person and you don't care about the other person and you're not willing to connect and relate, I don't give a rip. I don't give a rip. I'd rather that you didn't go to college and you followed your dreams and you made headway and you can share those experiences with me, right? But so often girls think that they need to like leave with this laundry list of achievements. And then they walk away and they're like, well, I hope I connected with them. And I'm like, well, what's the most vulnerable that you got? And they're like, well, I don't know. Or I'll say, well, why did you do that? Well, I don't know. Well, how did you get there? What's the toughest thing that you've walked through to get there? Why Why does you going to Harvard matter? Oh, well, you going to Harvard is because you were raised in a single parent household that made 30 grand a year 
and you were physically abused as a child and then you got into a terrible relationship and then you were homeless for six months. And so that's what encouraged you to start working with foster care kids and you because you were a foster care kid and then magically you got into your undergrad and then you wanted to study law because you had this sense of justice where you wanted to change people's lives because you were a foster care kid and you've seen all these people who are being underserved. And that's then when I got into Harvard, I got into Harvard Law. That's why I love Harvard. Well, congratulations. Suddenly you're the most interesting person in the world. Seriously. Do you see how suddenly you're like, man, I want to know who this person is. It's the same thing. You guys, it's just like dating. If you just walk in and you're not vulnerable and you don't share anything and you're just like, I like cheese and I like basketball and I like travel and I like you and I like brunettes and I like this and I like tall people and I like candy canes and Christmas is my favorite season. And what do you like? What's your favorite food? Like boring, boring, stop it. No one cares. Okay. So we have to utilize these things. And we talk about this in our super stories module, module four. We talk about this in our paperwork module. We talk about this in our mission module. Okay. If you guys like this kind of stuff, join the Remastery Academy yesterday. Literally, there's eight modules of over 40 hours of coaching of this kind of stuff that every single module is something that you're probably missing that can create a 1% improvement in your pageant prep, okay? I've used all these strategies for my success to win two state titles on the first try and to encourage girls in 45 states to be able to do the same. And this is why I've been able to become radically confident and assure of myself and set boundaries in my life and get clear about the vision for my life. It's why I wasn't devastated after Miss USA. I took a week off social media and then I was like, cool, time to get a new dream. Let's get after it, right? Because my identity wasn't wrapped up in my accomplishments. My identity wasn't wrapped up in the fact that I'm Miss Nebraska USA. That's great, right? But also, it's freaking COVID right now. And I haven't been able to do much of anything. And I could either be distraught because I'm like, I'm not getting the validation from my society. And people aren't getting to see me in a crown and sash. And I'm not getting to do as many photo shoots as I want. Who cares? Go figure out what you can do. Go build something else. Go build yourself. Go read books. Go figure out who who you want to surround yourself with. Go see what you can do online. The sky's the limit, you guys, but you are the CEO of your life. You have to take back control. You have to be willing to be the entrepreneur of your own story. And so I encourage you guys to dig deep. I encourage you guys to look within yourselves and make those decisions for yourselves of, of what you want to be, who you want to be, and to be able to dig deep enough and get detailed enough to dictate those things to the judges. You guys, listen to this podcast five times. Seriously, you guys. And next time you go on a first date, Use some of these tactics and tell us if it works. Seriously, like, I actually, I, I really thoroughly enjoy being a matchmaker. I'm six for six in terms of marriages right now. So you know who to call if you want to get hooked up. But anyways, um, it's been such a pleasure talking with you guys today. Seriously, go back and listen to this several times. I know it's going to help you. This is some of the stuff that we teach in the Interview Mastery Academy. We go this in depth on purpose because it's this level of depth. That's going to take you from not placing to placing or placing to top five or top five to winner. These are the things. This is the level of depth that you have to get serious, okay? And I believe in you. If you're listening to this, I'm so encouraged because you're already working on yourself. You're already helping get yourself from A to B. You're doing all the right things. So great job. Sometimes you just need to pat yourself on the back and say, I'm doing it. I'm not where I want to be, but I'm not where I used to be. So here's this from Mama Megan, Coach Megan, Entrepreneur Megan. You're doing a great job. You're doing better than you think you are. Don't compare yourself to your former self. Don't compare yourself to the girl to the left or to the right or who's ahead of you or who's behind you. It doesn't matter. Just figure out what race you want to run. Figure out, you know, what, who you want to be, who's going with you, and what that looks like. And I promise you guys, absolutely incredible future ahead of you, doing the things that you love, 
building the life that you want. And I'm honored to be a part of it. So with that, we'll see you guys next week. Hey everyone, this is a little bit different of an ending if you are still here listening with us. Um, I just wanted to take a second to thank you so much for being a part of our podcast family. Wow, it has been such an incredible and crazy year of 2020. And I just wanted to take a second to appreciate you, to acknowledge you. You know, we've talked about some really hard things over the course of this year. And I just hope that every single week that I can be an encouraging and uplifting and motivating voice for you to help you get unstuck from whatever point A you feel like you're totally stuck in. And I want it to help you to really dream again for what that would look like for you in your future. And so kind of in closing, I just wanted to pray a blessing over you. God, I thank you for every single person listening to this podcast. I pray that you uplift them spiritually, physically, financially, mentally, relationally, and emotionally, and that you are changing the trauma of their past, helping them in their present, and gloriously just showing them that you have a beautiful hope and a future for them. So we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. And we'll see y'all next week. Share this with a friend and give us a five-star review. If you haven't already, it helps us reach more people. Love y'all. Bye.